Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And today we are joined by our friend, special guest, a guy who's been on this show quite a bit, Isaac Bass. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Isaac, so glad you're here again. You have done awesome the last few times you've been on. It's been a while. So glad to have you back, man. How have you been? Oh, I'm good. I'm ready to chirp Jesse when he needs chirping. And I got some good questions for us today. All right. Good stuff. Today on our show, the major transactions for the Toronto Blue Jays are mostly done, but we do have some minor moves that the Blue Jays have done. And there have been some events that have happening off the field. So we are going to discuss those. As you said, Isaac's got some questions he's going to throw at Riley and I. But first... A little programming note for the channel. If you are new here, we are still in our off-season programming mode where we do one episode a week. We kind of touch on all the big topics of the Toronto Blue Jays, maybe do some big picture stuff. But during the regular season, if you're new here, we do two episodes every week. We try to cover some stuff after each series. And then um, leading up to the regular season, we're going to do some projections. We're going to have our hot takes. We might even do some World Baseball Classic coverage. So make sure you like and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of that coming into 2023 and beyond. But boys... Enough of that. You ready to get into it here? Let's, Let's rock it. and roll, Jesse. Let's do it. All right. Riley, after the Dalton Bar Show trade, Riley, I asked you what this Blue Jays team needed most, and you said they would still like to add some high-velocity uh, pitchers to this bullpen. And well, Riley, I think the Blue Jays have been listening to you a little bit. They did make some very minor moves here. And the first one, Riley, this week, the Blue Jays have signed right-handed pitcher Julian Fernandez to a minor league deal. If you don't know who Julian Fernandez is, I don't blame you. He's only pitched in the majors once and it was for about three weeks with the Colorado Rockies, but he's 27 years old. He sits about 99 with a fastball and can touch 103. 103, Riley, that's gas. That's some good stuff. He does throw a changeup as well, 15% of the time. His fastball on the 2080 grade scale is a 70. That's elite stuff. But the downside, the control, pretty bad. A 20 grade on your control. That's like you and I going out there on the pitcher's mound and throwing, Riley. So, Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? Take it away on Julian Fernandez signing a minor league deal. Well, first off, you got to hand it to a guy. Anytime a guy can and can tow the rubber and throw a hundred plus, I mean, that's a feat all on its own. And um, with that tool alone, you definitely have what it takes to, you know, uh, try and be a successful pitcher and at any level with any organization. Um, obviously, what's kind of more of a detriment than that being a positive is the lack of control. I mean, when you're walking batters, when you're, you know, not throwing quality pitches, you know, at least 60% of the time, you know, you're in big trouble. And this is a guy who definitely throws smoke, but I mean, if you give him, you know, a good handle of a workload, I mean, what, what's going to, what's going to happen at the, even at a triple a level, um, the numbers are still probably not going to look good as far as his whip goes. Um, he's, he's still, you know, not going to have great command there. So, um, of course it's real interesting. I mean, 27 years old, he's not a prospect. Uh, can you really teach a 27 year old guy, you know, who's probably a career minor leaguer to throw control, you know, that's that can thing, possibly right? put that's him into a, that can put him into a major league bullpen. I mean, that would take, that's going to take a lot of work. He's not a 21 year year old kid that's coming up through double a, you know, looking to refine his tools. This is a guy who's probably got his best stuff already. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Hey, if he comes up, in September for, for three innings pitch and he, he has six strikeouts and gives up four walks. I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of what I expect. I mean, you if say he Kikuchi gets any, method, right? 
Well, yeah, but Kikuchi <laughs> doesn't throw 103. It's certainly sure. interesting, Jesse. I mean, is it going to help us a whole lot? No, but it's good to add that in our organization as far as the depth charts go. I mean, you can't you can't hate on it. It's a real neutral move. I mean, we're buds and blue jays. We're not buds and bisons, but we do <laughs> have to talk about all our levels here. Yes. Um, in the Toronto organization. So yeah. I think it's definitely, no matter where you put him, he's going to make some sort of impact. I think AAA is the impact where, where he's going to, you know, he's going to be there. Whether he has quality innings or not, that is left up to be determined. I still think he's a guy who could strike out a lot of guys, but also walk a few batters. Isaac, what's your take? Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. I mean, uh, like I, I'm a Leaf guy. I, I'm a big yeah. hockey guy. So what the Leafs do every year is they sign a bunch of guys who are going to be either in the minors or their fourth line or depth guys. And they just, if one of them works out, one of them works out, two of them work out great. And they're low risk, low reward, or I guess high reward. And yeah. I like the moves that we're making because like, hey, if the guy can figure it out, who knows? 27, see, it's funny you say that, right? He's saying 27 is not a, a time to teach control. Well, you say Kikuchi's still on the team uh, <laughs> and he signed to a big deal. So uh, let's hope that's not the case. Hopefully you can learn a little bit and get it back on track. But it, it's just one of those guys. I, I like the signing so far. It's just some fireballers. When mm -hmm. we go against fireballers like Bautista, um, and Chapman, well, years old Chapman, but like it's, we didn't, we never really had that. So it's good mm -hmm. that we have the option. And one of those two fireballers work out that we recently signed, great. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. The Blue Jays are doing here, they are taking darts at a dartboard and hoping one of them can break out. Now, he did have an ERA over six in 2022, and the expected stats were just as bad. So I don't want to pump our brakes too hard here. But if you can somehow get the right mechanical change in this guy and get him to do something right, like he could turn into what Felix Bautista was of the Orioles last year. Because if you remember that, he was a guy who journeyman struggled, couldn't throw strikes. All of a sudden, something clicked and his command was good. And he all of a sudden turned into one of the best relievers in baseball. So I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but that is the path of what it's going to look like to make this guy an impact piece on our team. And I think that's what the Blue Jays are hoping for here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a bit of a diamond in the rough thing, right? Relief pitchers are almost relief pitchers for a reason. A lot of them are failed starting pitchers. Um, with Bautista and the Orioles, I mean, it's just you find the right team, you find the right fit. I know that um, it's good. Not, I mean, hey, a good reliever is hard to come by, but average relievers, guys that are, like Isaac said, on the fringe, you know, um, guys who are at the back end of your bullpen or, you know, closers in AAA, they're almost a dime a dozen. You kind of just have to, you know, maybe pick the right one or two to kind of roll with. I mean, I still don't expect him to throw a lot of innings in the major at the major league level, but who knows? Knock on wood, guys. Like yep. we're not in a situation where we have to use him a whole lot. That would probably mean something has gone wrong on the injury front. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, of course we don't want to see that. Of course he could turn into something. There's always potential for that. Baseball is a wonderful sport. Um, as you know, stats can fluctuate year to year and especially pitchers. They can have relief pitchers can have tremendous fluctuation in statistics. It just takes a good run, you know, maybe simple adjustments. Now, I wouldn't say we're looking at simple adjustments with this arm. I mean, he does throw yeah, there's hard work to be done here. Absolutely. Certainly. I mean, that's what spring training's for. I mean, pitchers and catchers report first for a reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, well, 
well, when spring training rolls around, I'll personally know more about his his current arm. Yes, mm-hmm. we saw him in the Rockies uniform. Um, tough ballpark to pitch in, by the way. Um, something about the altitude, but I mean, he you know he will fit fine with um, whether it be New Hampshire or Buffalo. And you know what? It's yeah, no no loss on signing him, and you know not a not a real gain of any as of right now. So yeah, wise decision. And worst case scenario, if he's bad, he pitches in Buffalo the whole year, and then we just cut him off the roster if we need to. Uh, This next guy I want to touch on, on Isaac, will go to you first. He's very similar into the mold here, and that is right-handed pitcher Junior Fernandez, who we actually got off waivers from the Yankees. So this guy's a little younger, 25 years old. He's got a four-pitch mix. Sinker slider guy with a four-seam and a changeup. His fastball is thrown around 99 miles per hour, but he can also touch triple digits. He had a 241 ERA last year between the two teams, but the ERA estimators had him pretty closer to the five range. And you may remember when the St. Louis Cardinals were in Toronto last year, George Springer took this guy deep for a grand slam that turned a four, three lead into an eight to three lead that sealed the victory. Um, What do we think here, boys, Isaac, start with you. Anything different about this guy than our last guy? Well, I'm actually going to turn it back to you, Jesse, because I saw some of your tweets before we started the show about him. So I think if any of us know more about this guy, I can just it's the same thing for me. You know, if it works out great, if it doesn't, it's not much of a risk. But I want to hear what you were tweeting about. And I'm sure everyone else does, too. (laughs) Yeah, I recommend you actually go to our Twitter page at Bud's Jays. Give us a follow because we sometimes, you know, we just get in the mood to tweet up Blue Jay stats. And this is one of them here. Um, I like Julian Fernandez. Sorry, I like junior Fernandez a lot more than I like Julian Fernandez um, because his sinker actually grades out very similarly, similarly to that of Jonathan Loisega of the Yankees. And Jonathan Loisega has one of the best power sinkers in the game, a guy who can throw a hundred with good movement and his four seam fastball as well. Also grades incredibly well. There's a metric called stuff plus, which just takes a whole bunch of stuff. A pitcher does and combines how good each pitch is compared to league average. His four seam fastball was 138.4 where a hundred is league average. So 38% better than the rest of league average. And I also think Julian Fernandez or yeah, Sorry, Junior Fernandez is a prime candidate for seam shifted wake, which is a very complicated thing. It has to do with physics and stuff. But this is something Alec Manoa does very well with his fastball and his sinker combination to induce a lot of weak contact. So I think there is more upside here than we might think. He just needs to throw strikes more consistently. Can't leave pitches over the middle of the zone. It's the same argument we just had with uh, with Julian Fernandez. If he can throw the strikes in there consistently, he could be a very good reliever. And I like the upside of this guy here. Is he 24? Was his 25. Age? 25. 25. Okay. Riley, any thoughts? Of course, yeah, I mean, of course. Um, I mean, for me, the two-year age difference doesn't exactly jump off the page. Obviously, there is is value in that, especially um, if he has more control. If they're the same kind of guy, you're going to sacrifice what two miles an hour for for quite a bit more control. What mm-hmm. I like, Jesse, is is the sinker. Um, a sinker is a pitch if you can locate it well. You don't always, always have to throw it for a strike. You can throw it low in the zone. It hover around the, the border on the bottom corners, um, you know, somewhere maybe in the middle of the strike zone, have it drop down an inch or two below, below the zone. And it's a very effective pitch. And you throw that mix in with um, with a fastball that's, um, you know, faster, uh, kind of speed up the bat a little bit and get them off balance. So a lot of potential in this. But yet I still find myself thinking that um, he probably will split a, a bit of time. He is another mm-hmm. guy who who's still, I mean, is very unproven at the major league level. And right now we are definitely in win now mode. And is he a guy who's going to be an impactful piece for us? Of course, 
I could see him certainly pitching with us um, just based on his repertoire alone. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you can look, you can look at statistics pages and not, this is a guy who, if you put him um, as a high leverage guy in Buffalo, he's going to do some nasty things out there. There's a lot, we're gonna, probably going to have a, a high strikeout and a lot of soft contact, probably some ground balls, maybe not Sounds soft great. contact, but you know, a lot of ground balls induced, you know, to have him, you know, come in eighth or ninth inning. I think that's perfect. And we could easily see him up earlier in the year. Does he start in a pen? Eh, I'm not sure. Again, that's why we got spring training to determine mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. We do have a plethora of guys to choose from at this point who can, who will start the year in the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. And he could be a, uh, you know, a very top candidate for someone to fill the back end in. One last thought, Isaac, before we move on to our next thing. No, once again, I like I do like the upside of this type of guy. I'm happy that we're starting to get some fireballs in our system. We haven't had a good history. The last fireball yeah, that I really remember, who I guess didn't really turn out, was McGowan. And like, you know, that that's been it's been a while since we've had guys that can throw <laughs> upwards of a hundred. Um, I also I, I think it could be meta- beneficial because we do have a lot of guys that are more like control, especially in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. No one really goes above ninety seven. It's good to actually just have one guy in there. And especially if you're like pitching a game, if you have someone in the bullpen that can throw super hard and you come against a batter who doesn't do well against um, high velocity, it's nice to have that one guy that you can yep. put in against them. So agreed. Just another option yeah. at the feet of, um, of our coach there, of John Schneider, that he can throw it there. And you know, I, I think it might work. I think too. Yeah. Like what does uh, what Nate, Nate Pearson tops out at what? 92, I think well, now. Hi, so no, higher, higher than that still, <laughs> but he was like I, one or two in a point. I'm, I'm I'm fooling you, Jesse. No, it's good to it's good to have guys that can throw hard for us because we do have a lot of guys that do sit. I mean, this isn't this isn't the, the early 2000s when 92 was a very fast pitch. 92 is a slow fastball nowadays. So we, you know, we got to revolutionize our, our, our organization and at least at least set ourselves up with the potential that we have these guys to put in games. Yep. It'll work. I just found it very interesting that the Blue Jays now have a Julian Fernandez, a Junior Fernandez, and Adrian Hernandez, and let's throw Julian Merriweather in there to make it all more confusing. It's going to be a broadcaster's nightmare down in Buffalo for that team there. Um, speaking of Buffalo, we got another pitcher who's going to go there. We have re-signed our old friend right-handed pitcher Casey Lawrence to a minor league deal. We saw him in Toronto. He was not good. He had an ERA over seven with his time in the big leagues, but... 23 starts for Buffalo, 126 innings, 279 ERA, 21% strikeout rate, a 3.5% walk rate. These are things Ross Stripling kind of did last year. And yes, his time in the major leagues didn't look good. And he's not really has high upside as a pitcher either. He's going to be a guy that's going to get time in Buffalo. And God forbid something happened to a pitcher in the big club rotation. We might see some Casey Lawrence get some starts this year. I honestly, I couldn't disagree with you more. I don't want <laughs> Casey Lawrence anywhere near the mound. Oof. Uh, the, I honest, I, I honestly, it's it's just one of those things, man. I would rather have Tyler Chatwood start a game wow. for us than Casey Lawrence. Uh, just just because he's got the upside, or like, or what's your reasoning here? I just, I just didn't like. I just didn't like. I do remember him pitching for us, and I just, I think that. It, I just think that age is age is a, a huge yeah. minus for this he's, guy. He's thirty five too. Yeah, which I, help. It, yeah, and I just think he's just. I think he's really inexperienced. I think like, I I think him him he himself would be happy with just being an older veteran minor league player. And I I think that a lot of people feel the same way. Mm. Like 
you're still you're still playing professional baseball, but I think that I think that if I would be very very concerned to see him on on the major league mound for us, there's just a lot that can go wrong with with having them there. He doesn't have any extraordinary tools, and yes, we're not ta- like I'm not talking about having a Greg Maddox or a Randy Johnson every time we we you know every time we take the field and have a pitcher on the mound who's going to be like that. But I do want someone who's going to. I mean, at least give us a chance to win. And the, I mean, the, the odds of him going one, two, three in an inning are probably less likely than if he was to give up a run or walk two batters. Hey, that's why he's in the minor leagues there, right? Isaac, yep. you have a thought on uh, the re-signing of Casey Lawrence? I'm going to relate it back to Leafs. I don't know how many of your watchers are Leaf fans. You guys probably half of you hate me, but uh, <laughs> there was a guy named... Uh, you know, Czechoslovakian stud Martin Marinson um, back in the day who we re-signed for like four straight years to be our ninth defenseman. And <laughs> if he came up, you were just closing your eyes every time he was on the ice. But he was better than the 10th defenseman. And sure. that's exactly what I think Casey Lawrence is. It's like, God forbid you have like four injuries and you have to bring him up, but he's better than some. So sure. why not? Yeah, you're going to need depth, right? At the end of the day. And that's all this is here. Uh, moving on now, it was announced that Hunjin Ryu, our old friend, was targeting an early July return from his Tommy John surgery that he had mid-June last year. Now, Ryu was amazing in the COVID shortened 2020 season, and he was quite good in the first half of 2021 before kind of struggling in the second half of that season. And he was, wasn't that good, to be honest, the first half of 2022 before his injury. So guys, let's get the Buds and Blue Jays official take here. What is our thoughts for Hunjin Ryu this year? What are we expecting out of him? this season Bassi, i really want you to start with your take just right. to, just because i i think i have quite a bit to say all right uh i'll keep it short and sweet again i recently read an article maybe it was the same article as jesse read about the timetable he's older they're saying august or late july would be something that like if he was really on the right track he could come back by then but he's 35 years old it might be a little bit later in the year, like end of August, September. By that point, he's going to have to go through my, like some getting some pitches under him. I don't expect much from him at all this year. Like if, God forbid, you need him as a fifth guy, I don't think he touches a playoff mound. And he can't be a bullpen arm because he just doesn't have the stuff for that. Right. So, so, so what's I his role? Either, I think his role is you have him under contract and there's nothing really you can do. And maybe he comes in and pitches a, a few starts at the end of the year um, if you need him in a pinch. But if not, then Hunjin Ryu might not see the mound at all. Mm. All right, Riley, let's hear it. Many moons ago, Jesse, there's there's this team that's really, really good at scouting international pitchers, specifically um, in the eastern regions regions of Asia. That'd be the L.A. Dodgers. Of course, they got guys like Hideo Nomo back in the 90s um, and ended up picking up this pretty good arm, a left-hander from South Korea, that being Hunjin Ryu. Now, when he started his career with the L.A. Dodgers, he was very good and very effective. The Toronto Blue Jays then signed him, and we were excited. I was. I could. I could Ryu. honestly say when we acquired him, I was very excited. What we were getting, I knew exactly what we were getting. This is a left-hander with immaculate control, great, great location on the fastball, great location on the changeup, and some and some and some good stuff, not nasty stuff when he wanted. I mean, it was very particular, but his fastball changeup combination, certainly great, really good at getting soft contact. 
But Jesse, I just feel like his control's there, but it's about locating pitches. I feel like he's a guy who could get hit around a lot. You've seen and a lot of that over his I last I've definitely year seen a, half, a lot yeah. of that. That shortened season in 2020, he really showcased a lot of his good, good stuff. That was, I mean, one of his best years. Obviously not for the counting stats because it was a shortened year. But I fear as though that's probably the best best version of Kikuchi the Jays will or sorry best version of Ryu best version of Ryu the Jays will see as I just can't see him coming back from Tommy John surgery and being that same pitcher that we got I mean in 2019 and then in 2020 I think that this is probably a guy who's going to spot start some games for us and I I, I do dis, I do agree. I don't think he should be a relief pitcher, but I think that's kind of what it's going to end up being. Mm. I could see him being a mop-up role guy right. or pitching in a, 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 like a, basically a no-leverage situation. I don't – like this guy came to the majors and where he already had made it big – in international baseball and, you know, didn't hasn't played in the major leagues all that long as he was uh, 30 or above when he debuted. He was, 26. But, he was 26 when he made his debut with the Dodgers. Oh, well, fair enough. They're, like he pitched really well for LA. He did really well in his first little bit with Toronto. And then I just feel as though this injury is going to hinder him quite a bit. Yep. And I just, I just don't see him fully recovering and making a, you know, making it to the hill in a playoff game, like Bassie said, or you know, really going the distance in in ball games. You know, I can see him getting hit around by the fifth or sixth inning. I can't see him going really seven. Oh, might even be the strong. third or fourth inning. I, I mean, let's hey, let's 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 not even set the bar low. Let's set the bar <laughs> medium and say that sure. even if we get five good innings out of him, I just. I love the guy when he came here. I mean, the contract's not looking, I mean, exceptional well right now, but it's a contract we can definitely live out for sure. It's not going to kill us, but it's done at the end of this year. I mean, let's just, let's just probably keep him in as a spot starter or a no leverage situation. That's my take. And at least start him off with a small workload anyways, when he comes back, let's, we got to go easy on him. Like we really got to go easy on this guy, use him sparingly. And I don't think we do kill his arm this year. I do think that, um, that John Schneider. So I think we're all and on the rest of the staff. will use him accordingly. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page here that we don't think we're going to get much value. Anything we get is a little bit of a bonus. But I think all three of us are kind of in agreement that anything from Hunjin Ryu this year, counting on it, is a mistake. Would I be right in that? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Let's Absolutely. Yeah, let's move on from Hunjin Ryu. And let's talk about... I want to talk about something that happened in Boston recently. And they just signed their star third baseman, Rafael Devers, to an 11-year contract, $331 million. And I only bring this up because it's kind of setting a baseline for what a Vladimir Guerrero uh, Jr. extension might look like. They're roughly the same age. They're both franchise players for their team, respectively. Now, I don't think it's a hot take if I say Vladdy is better than Rafael Devers, right? Yeah. Right. Good. So no matter what He's, Red Sox fans yeah. have to say about that, because they've they've been very loud on Twitter. But two questions, I guess, boys. One, are we going to sign Vladdy to an extension? And two, if we do, what does it look like? We absolutely have to sign Vladdy to an extension. I mean, you see the rest of the league uh, doing this to their superstars. And Vladdy's a guy that we have to lock down. I mean, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's in it's got to the contract's got to be what around 10 years. That's probably probably more that's than probably that, the say. minimum. Yeah. yeah, it's probably the minimum at 10 years. And as far as the dollar value amount, boy, I mean, if he went out there and hit if he topped his his 2021 season, Jesse, and he hit over 50 home runs. Mm-hmm. Boy, that would that would for sure look like a three hundred three hundred million dollar contract. Probably more, probably even four hundred million. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's. I mean, I think that's the ballpark number for me is three hundred million right now on Vladdy Junior for for ten years. That's something. That's that's just round. That's basically just kind of a round number both ways. But I mean, he's gonna make ridiculous money, and the guy needs the term. All right, Isaac. What are your thoughts? What did Aaron Judge get? Oh, he got a lot. Let me look that up real quick. Um, yeah, just while you're doing that, just because like, if we're not going to pay what he asked for, the guy knows that he has leverage to go anywhere and people are going to pay him. Yes. That's the the tough thing about having teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees in the league. And, and, I mean, in our own division, unfortunately. Yeah. But so he has all the leverage here and he knows that the Jays haven't really had a franchise guy like him very much throughout their history um so you give you it's like austin matt you give him what he wants you give him what he wants the 350 million uh this year we'll we'll see how he performs but i think i think that's going to be the number it's probably going to be a little bit more than devers because what happens in the nfl too is like one guy signs a contract the next year a guy's like i want to be higher i want to be higher i want to be higher uh so i think it's going to be higher but we have to sign him agreed you absolutely have to we need a franchise guy for 10 years and that would be absolutely amazing yeah. I'd be happy worst case scenario is you have vladimir guerrero jr suiting up in a yankees uniform in 2026 like that cannot happen uh like the blue jays would be disowned as a franchise if we allowed that to happen here um aaron judge got nine years 360 million and he was already pushing 30 you know, yeah. he's a lot of money and whatnot vladimir guerrero jr is still so young i am worried that this team might actually try to take Vladdy with this core, take him to free agency, and then maybe try to make the push on a ton of money. But boy, that is incredibly risky. And I think you could just solve a lot of headaches if you just went ahead and did it now. But I'm not exactly certain the Blue Jays are going to do it. Plus, you run the risk. If he goes out this year and has a monster season, he's only going to get more expensive, right? So maybe it wouldn't be the worst time after he's had a little bit of a down year where the ground ball rate was up. You know, he was only like a four-win player this year or something like that, that maybe you try to get it now. But they're smarter than that. His agent's smarter than that. They know Vladdy's going to get paid no matter what happens. So we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. We got to lock down our young guys, Jesse. Like, I'll tell you what, boys. Um, when I play my MLB 22, um, I, I do the Jays, obviously. If I'm not playing with the with the slummy Oakland A's, <laughs> I will play with the Toronto Blue Jays. And the first thing I do, Jesse, is I love to send out extensions. Um, I sure. end up su- – Alec Manoa. Um, it would be, well, $400 million over t- uh, t- 10 years, basically, I think. Or, um, well, basically, can't do the math right now because my brain's not working. But t- basically, it's $20 million a year for 10 years. Yeah, I don't think they're signing that. If they if the Jays offer them that deal right now, they're saying no. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because they've gotten just that much better, Jesse. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And uh, Vladdy... Yeah, he didn't have the year for power. He guy just won a gold glove. He's won a silver slugger. I mean, yep. so when you got that in your trophy case and you're his age with his ceiling, I mean, boy, 
I look out. Yeah, I want him in a Blue Jays uniform for at least 10 years, if not 20 years, Jesse. Well, I think we all do. Look out for spring training because when these players do sign expansions, it's usually in the spring training season. So we will talk about this a little more as we get closer to spring. Uh, three more quick notes. We want to say a nice hearty congratulations to Alec Manoa, who just announced on Instagram that he is now engaged. So sorry, ladies. Alec Manoa is now off the market. And Alejandro Kirk announced on Instagram as well that he will be having a child. So congrats to him and to the Kirk family. And one more note, guys. The Blue Jays winter tour is coming back for the first time since 2019. And of all the stops they're going to across Canada, they are hitting up toronto and vancouver and that's it that's your canadian winter tour so i myself made a bid to try to get to toronto to try to get some autograph sessions um, from the team up there later this month but that's it have you guys ever been to a winter tour do you guys have any thoughts about it before we get on to some other stuff i certainly have not been to a winter tour as i hardly live the lovely prince edward county <laughs> however it is very cool i love um i love the be i do love the media and press that the blue jays get i find it so positive and i find that the guys that the blue jays have are just such genuinely good people and i mean we do have a it would be cool because we got new guys on the team jesse and there's some new impactful yep. guys yep. dalton Varshow, um for sure would be would be an interesting one Riley, you just want to meet Matt Chapman. Let's be real. Well, I mean, that's a, that, <laughs> man, that's a no brainer. Actually, about three weeks ago, I met him in a dream I had. Nice. And probably, nice. probably <laughs> the nicest guy that has appeared in my in one of my dreams. I was at a concert. Say less, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All around good guy. <laughs> Again, we're here to, right here first, right from Riley's dreams. Matt Chapman, certified good guy. We'll take that. Isaac, quick thought on the winter tour before we move on to our uh, games we're going to play here. One thing that I just I, I think would be cool. I don't know if other teams have ever done it, but like I know uh, in different sports they have like hard knocks, and then there's yeah. the blueprint for the Leafs and stuff. Can the some can the Jays do something like that? Like that would be so cool. Like just to start off the season with like going over. I know they had the like the playoff preview thing, but post those more consistently. Get let people get to know their stars, especially if you're doing all these renovations and you're about to pay a couple guys, $400 million. Like you're going to need people to like fall in love with these guys so that you can afford it. You need more people come to the ballpark. I think it'd be super cool if they did something like that um, this year, because this is the year we win the world series. So why not? Document <laughs> sure. It? I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. I know like the Ottawa senators for goodness sake, have something like this. I know the Toronto yeah. Raptors have the open gym. So like, they've got something like this. The blue Jays are owned by Rogers who own Sportsnet. They have their own yeah. TV channel to do it. Like, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's kind of ridiculous. Actually. We don't have a program like this. And I know just talking from people online, this would do so well. The only thing I think that might hold it back is maybe the MLBPA doesn't want to give the rights to the players without the players getting a significant portion of the revenue. And maybe the league doesn't want to do that. But that's just a stab in the dark. I have no idea. I think it would be a good idea if they were to make it happen. Yeah, make these two the hosts. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Isaac, we brought you on here because you wanted to quiz the Buds and Blue Jays crew here about some questions you might have or maybe some burning questions that maybe some other of our fans have here as well. So you can go ahead. I'll let you take the host seat here and you can uh, let us know. And Riley and I will put our thinking caps on and we'll uh, we'll spit some answers out for you. You ready? All right, let's do it. So I have three separate. Uh, these aren't necessarily quizzes. I didn't do like a trivia thing, but we have three separate categories that you guys can choose from. The first one is buy and sell. Second one is this or that. And the third one is opinions. So the yeah. opinions will be a little bit more like random questions. This or that is obviously this or that. And buy and sell, everyone knows that one. So Jesse, you can start us off. Which one do you want to start with? Let's take the quick ones out of the way. Let's do uh, buy or sell. We'll go with those okay. first. 
Buy or sell. The Blue Jays are top five in the major leagues in home runs next year. I will buy it, but I do think we're going to hit less than we hit last year. What do you think, Riley? Oh, absolutely. It's I'm in the exact same boat as you. Buy, and I think probably I don't know how much many home runs less, but um, I think that we'll be right around that mark, Jesse. Didn't we leave right. baseball last year? I think we were close. We were top five, and yeah, losing to Oscar is going to suck. But if we get the MVP season from Vladdy that I think we might get, Bo Bichette takes a step forward, and everyone stays healthy, I think we should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, buy or sell? Riley can start off this one. Barrios will be the third starter ahead of Bassett by the end of the season. Ooh, I'm honestly. I'm going to sell that one. I think that um, I think I think I know what Chris Bassett can do. Um, I watched him pitch a lot um, with my Oakland days, and he's going to be very effective for this team with the defense we have put behind him. And I think he's he's kind of like a fine wine. He's getting up there with age, but he is still very, very good out there. And I think he's, I think that we put a team behind him that can win him ball games. So, and Brios has a little bit of work to do before I can tell, but I think Bassett's our number three guy. So sell. I am also yes, going he- to sell this as well. Um, I'm not fully, now there are a lot of smart people out there that are believing in a Jose Brios bounce back and that it can happen. I don't, at least not yet. I'd be willing to be convinced otherwise, but I'm not buying that Jose Brios, he's going to be better than last year. Yes, but I am not buying that he's going to be full, complete Minnesota twin Jose Brios. And I love what Chris Bassett can do with the thing. Assuming both players stay healthy, I will say Chris Bassett ahead of Jose Brios on the pitching chart. All right. Next one, Jesse, you can start this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason you're starting this one. Nate Pearson pinches oh, love 30 already. plus innings this year. 30 in the plus? Major League. 30 plus. Buy it, put money on it, sell the house. It's going to happen. <laughs> Jesse, he pitches under 10 innings. Oh, I'm selling it. Riley, you're hurting me. My soul, man. He pitches under 10 innings. Put on a t-shirt. Oh, I'm actually going to buy a Nate Pearson jersey now and uh, prove you all wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't want to promote gambling on this <laughs> podcast, um, but you're not monetized yet, so maybe I will. Sure. I I would like you guys to do a friendly little bet on that one because I feel like you are both just completely opposites. Can we agree to a bet on this one? Do we got any like fun things? Twenty nine and a half. Stash? Tw- no, twenty nine and a half is our line, right? So that's our oh, line. Thirty or more. I think we could do it something, Riley. We could come up with something. And if you guys watching below want something fun to do, leave a comment down below. We are 100% looking for ideas. Uh, we can make Riley do something very embarrassing come season's end. Yeah. I'm guaranteed. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see those in the comments and we'll figure out something for your next episode. <laughs> All right. Buy or sell. Riley can start this one. The Jays make the biggest deadline acquisition this year since 2015. Like league-wide or for their personal team? For their personal team. Okay. Oh, well, let's see. That's yet to be determined. But, you know, for the for the optimism and everything like that, making a playoff push where we're already well ahead in the division. But I'm going to I'm going to buy it. I would love to get a piece. In 1993, we acquired Ricky Hernandez. You might have heard that name once. He's at the top chart in the record books. Ricky Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we do the same thing in this year in a World Series winning year. I'm going to buy it. I I might sell. 
I don't know. The Blue Jays were pretty underwhelming at this year's trade deadline. And I think we're going to get our hopes up all for this next year that we're going to do something big. And I think it's just going to be fulfill a team need. It probably won't be the sexiest name. I don't think they're going to make the biggest splash come the trade deadline. We'll see though. Lots of time between now and then. Okay. So you're going to hold that, that one. If we had a hold option. I guess I'd sell. Um, okay. Sell. Okay. Buy or sell. Three or four of these pitchers will see major league time. Nate Pearson, Zach Pop, Jasper Zuleta, Hagen Danner, Hayden Yanger. I don't know how to say that name. Yanger. Younger. Yeah. Younger. Uh, Julian Fernandez and Junior Fernandez. Do four of those pitchers see major league time this year? I vote yes, and I'll put it at seven of them do, just because they churn out through so many pitchers. And if these guys are all going to take a step forward, assuming health, I say seven of these eight guys make an appearance with Toronto this season. Right. I'm going to, I would love to see Zuleta toe the rubber. Um, he's a very cool prospect for us. I, I, I'm going to go the opposite way just for, to play a little devil's advocate here with you, Jesse, I'm going to say sell. And I'm going to say that, yes, Nate Pearson does in fact throw a couple innings. Zach pop <laughs> is going to be up there for okay. sure. Um, but I just don't see the, the, the Hagen Danners and um, and guys like that making making a lot of innings and, and well, making be surprised, it up. Riley, just wait. We'll do a prospect just episode here. We'll surprise, surprise me. <laughs> All right. Riley can start this one up. Buy or sell. The Blue Jays win the pennant this year. I'm making that purchase. I am buying. I say we make. I say we win the pennant this year. Um, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> we're buds and blue jays <laughs> no we like of course we have to say yes they're gonna win the pennant this year if i'm speaking with my head i don't think it's gonna happen but if i'm speaking with my heart which trumps the head every day of the week blue jays are gonna go win the pennant this year all right that was the answer there was no other answers i would have accepted there so <laughs> i'll take that one all right we have three more buyer sells yes you start this one off if healthy kevin kiermeyer is our starting center fielder in playoff game one Yes, only because of the defense. I think he's going to start in center. He's going to bat ninth. I There's people hyping up the offense this year. I'm not buying it. But if it's healthy and he doesn't lose a step on his sprint speed or anything like that, he'll be starting in center field. Absolutely. When he's healthy, he will be the center fielder. And yes, he will hit ninth virtually every game for us that he plays. All right. Um, buy or sell, Riley. Alec Manoa throws two complete games this year. Ooh, I would love to see it. I would love to see Je Jesse. I know we're big. We're big. We talk two different things in this, and I would love to see us up by five runs going into the eighth, and then give him the ninth inning. Um, because I hate, I hate doing it in a two nothing game. I'd love to see. I'd love to see one. I'm gonna sell. I think he gets one. Yeah, we talked about this quite a bit. There were at least two separate occasions last year where Manoa was pulled late going into the ninth. I remember one against Cincinnati and one against Pittsburgh where he had a low pitch count even too and could have gone in there. I'm actually going to buy this one, Isaac, because I think the addition of Don Mattingly, whose Marlins staff led the league in complete games last year, is going to do an impact and going to help these guys uh, maybe go for the complete games this year. So I'm going to buy it. Give me two for Alec Manoa, even though the Blue Jays had zero this year. <laughs> okay, I like it. Uh, the last buy and sell, Jesse. Blue Jays will have a player that starts in the minor leagues, comes up at some point through the year, and is a star right away. 
a star right away. The only person I can think that immediately fits this build is Ricky Tiedemann, which if you are going to do this, it's going to be, he's going to start in Buffalo. He's going to do what Alec Manoa did his rookie year. Give it to the end of May. He's going to come up and hit the ground rolling. Now that is a lot to ask for, even though he is one of the best pitching prospects. And I'm personally all about Ricky Tiedemann, big Dick Rick, as some people are calling him around the uh, blue Jay circles here. Um, But I don't, it's hard to bet on. And if it's, if you told me to take Tiedemann into the field, I would take Tiedemann. You know what? We're feeling confident. Let's do it. Tiedemann's going to come here. He's going to hit the ground running, and he's going to be great for this team. Well, I would say if you were to ask me this next year, I'm going to say that it's going to happen in 2024. I think for the 2023 year, we're probably not going to have that same thing that happened with Alec Manoa. Are we going to get some good appearances for us, for, from some guys that have played in the minor leagues and making their debuts, getting their cup of coffee? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think you're going to guy who's going to run with the 26-man roster for the remainder of that year. Okay. So, Addison Barger, you sit down. All right. So, we're going to move on to the this or that category. Um, we're going to start off with one that's near and dear to Riley's heart. Who nice. finishes the year with more home runs, Dalton Varsho or Matt Chapman? Ooh, excellent. Excellent question, Isaac. Really, really starting off with the hard one. Um, so I'm actually going to go out and stick to my true and blue because I believe it. it's going to be close. And I think it's going to be Matt Chapman for sure. And I think if I'm just going to give you a round number, I think it's going to be... 29 to 24 or 26. I don't know if they're both 30 home run hitters. It's going to be close, but my boy, Matt Chapman, he could hit 30 home runs this year. He could, but he's going to have more than Varsho. Isaac, this is hilarious because I also wrote this exact same question as uh, one of my this or that's, whether it be Matt Chapman or Dalton Varsho. Um, I'm not completely sold on Dalton Varsho's bat. He's got some good things that he does really well, um, but I think I'm going to buy into Matt Chapman in a contract walk here, having a better power season. So I vote for Matt Chapman. Okay. All right, Jesse, you start this one off. Who will get more votes as either Cy Young or MVP? Vladimir Guerrero or Alec Manoa? Um, can I go off board and pick Kevin Gosman? Because yeah. I've said multiple times on this show, I am adamant that Kevin Gosman is winning the Cy Young Award next year. So I will take that. If he's going to win, therefore guaranteed he's going to get the best votes. But if you made me pick between just the two, Vladdy or Manoa, I'm actually going to probably take more Vladdy votes than Alec Manoa votes just because I think if this Blue Jays team has aspirations of winning the World Series or winning the pennant, they need MVP Vladdy back. So I'm going to bet that we get it and it'll be a good thing for this team going forward. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more that we need. I think that Vladdy, too, will receive more than Manoa. But it's a, again, it's a 1A, 1B kind of situation where we have a top three AL pitcher and a top three AL position player. And who's just going to have the better year? I'm going to put my money on Vladdy as far as vote getting, as far as how they do wars, whatever. I mean, they're both going to be awesome. Who are we kidding? But yeah, I'll stick to more MVP votes for Vlad. All right. So we're going to move on to the next segment. Do any of these names for a depth outfielder make you excited? And do you think we're going to sign any of them? Adam Duvall, Lance McCutcheon, and Grossman. Um, or we can go other. <laughs> I really like um, Cole Calhoun. I think he's still available out there. He'd probably be my number one choice. But none of these names really excite me. If I had to rank them, I'd probably go McCutcheon, Duvall. Who was the last guy you said? Grossman. 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 That's probably the order I'd rank those three. But to be honest, I'd rather just let Spencer Horowitz or Addison Barger take that spot on the roster and see if they can run with it. 
Jesse, you know, you know me. You know I like my got team guys. I gotta hit you with. The, I gotta go, Grossman. Um, he's a switch hitter. He's um, he's a good tool guy. He's not gonna flash you in any good great category. You know, nothing really stands out. But um, it's a guy who can play the outfield, the lefty glove, a switch hitter, bat. I mean, a cool mix guy. He could potentially be a fourth outfielder. I feel like he's a good fourth outfielder for a lot of teams. The real low budget guy. Not going to do a whole lot of great things. I mean, if he played 162 games, he probably won't even hit 10 home runs. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I personally, I like him. I know what he can do on the field. He's definitely, he's definitely, you know, not going to hurt you that much. But then again, he's not going to win you too many games. All right. Who is our opening day starter at second base? Riley, start off. Merrifield, Espinal, Vigio, other. Well, actually, I would like to know who's starting on the hill as far as lefty-righty and if we still have these guys. Well, who am I kidding? It really doesn't matter. I'm starting San Diego Espinal at second base to start opening day. And that's it right there. I, I don't think I need to explain myself. I think that no, is the it. right explain thing yourself, to do. Because I have a different answer. I pick Whitney uh, Merrifield. Okay. Answer, well, so. I'll, 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 <laughs> Guy was guy was an all that guy was an all star. He still has a lot to prove at the major league level. I think that yes, as his power quietly disappeared last year, he is still a plus defender. He can get on base. He puts bat on ball, and he's a good mix in the batting order. A guy who will hit lower that can still possibly hit for an above average guy, probably two sixty ish, which isn't great, but he's also I'm not going to strike out a whole bunch. I like Espinal. I think he should start opening day at two bag. Yeah, see, I think you just, all those things you just said, Riley, I think that sounds perfect for a guy coming off the bench and a guy who can play multiple positions and whatnot. He is a natural platoon partner with Kevin Vigio. I say we let Whit Merrifield take that spot, especially if he has a good spring because he was good down the stretch and he started the playoff games for us over Santiago Espinal. So I think that might tell you where John Schneider's head at at the second base position. Yeah, there's also something something for me about a guy that can hit an infield ball and you're just every single time he hits a ground ball, you're like, he could beat out the throw. I don't know what it is about those guys. I've always liked those guys. I feel like Merrifield is just hustles, hustles, hustles. And I like how we gained a lot of guy who just guys this year who just hustle and can make those ground balls into base hits. That's that's a huge thing for me. That's that's why I prefer him a little bit more than Espinel, but he also doesn't hit the long ball like Espinel does. So uh, you both have valid, valid points. Um, who wins the fifth starter spot? Jesse, you can start this one out. Kikuchi, White, Pearson, Tiedemann, other. Uh, it should be Ricky Tiedemann. Like, let's be real. And I think there's a non-zero chance, too, <laughs> as we get into spring training, that he might actually make this team because if he does come top three in Cy Young Award voting or Rookie of the Year voting, sorry, um, the Blue Jays will get compensated with a draft pick. So I think that's what the decision should be. Now, what I think the Blue Jays are actually going to be, it's Yusei Kikuchi. Scott Boris is his agent. He's um, going to be adamant that Yusei Kikuchi gets in there. And plus... I'm still convinced that there is a good pitcher inside of Yusei Kikuchi, and I'm not ready to sell the ship yet. There is a good pitcher in Yusei Kikuchi. I'm also going Yusei Kikuchi, and it's kind of the how bad can it get thing, and it's not <laughs> going to be. Same with Barrios. It's not going to be that bad. He's not going to put up stellar numbers. He's going to work on his craft a little bit. Yusei Kikuchi will be our fifth starter. Now, I do Why want the to say eye that... roll, Riley. I, that was a massive eye roll. Uh, I, I, Ricky Tiedemann. Mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, 
So I just, <laughs> I, I just, I don't want to spoil a good prospect, man. I don't, oh, I don't want to shatter his confidence. Like, hey, look, I want to bring up a guy that's going to be an impact level B player as soon as you guys do. But I'm a realistic guy, and let's let's do it in 20. Let's talk and let you know what. Let's even have this talk in June about where Ricky Tiedemann is at. Uh, like, we'll be at the big just, club by then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. that, well, then I guess we'll talk about it during or after spring training, Jesse, because as of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be the fifth starter. Now, at the end of the year, who the hell knows? I mean, I just, I don't know. Do I see it? No, it's, it's, it's unlikely, but anything's possible. Riley, be prepared because I'm going to ask you this question several more times before the yeah. season starts, and we'll see if your answer wavers at all. Based on, uh, yeah. hey, say we get to see him pitch in spring training, and say he shuts down the Yankees for four innings. I'm going to ask you then again. It'll be the topic of spring. Uh, before we move on to the next question, I do want to make a point about Mitch White, though. He was quite good with the Dodgers. He only had maybe two bad starts in there. And his FIP and a lot of his expected stats with the Blue Jays were significantly better than his ERA was um, while he was with the team. So there is a chance he comes in there, but... Kikuchi's our guy throwing with him. If there was, if I thought we were going to receive an eye roll for anything, I thought it would be Jesse saying any praise to Mitch White from you, Riley. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm impressed that you held it back there. All right. <laughs> we have four questions on opinions. Um, these ones are a little bit more random and just, uh, just fun ones. So let's start off. If you could have one player from the 2015 Blue Jays roster on this team now, who would it be? Jesse starts off. Uh, I'm actually going to pass this one to Riley because I'm going to look for a deep cut. A deep cut. I mean, yeah. here's here's the question: Are they performing at the at the level that they did in 2015? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, I mean, it's an obvious choice. It's got to be Josh Donaldson. That is the obvious yeah. choice. Yeah, the MVP the, guy, right? Yeah. This is this is a guy who won an MVP. I mean, I would pass the buck for Matt Chapman on this one. As sad as that is to say, if we get anytime you get a chance to have a guy who's an American League MVP. You got to have him on your ball team. Josh Donaldson had an illustrious time with the Toronto Blue Jays. Really, a lot of good memories that come to mind when you say the name Josh Donaldson in a form. I mean, yes, you could say, you know, maybe a prime David Price if we're going uh, like, you know, back in like maybe yep. his earlier years, things like that. I mean, for. For the purposing of this question, it's 2015. You got to go with the guy who won the MVP award. That's my opinion, Jesse. I mean, I'm sure I'm not too far off with you here. That is the right choice. And also, you couldn't go wrong with Jose Bautista either. Guys are matches. Bautista is one of the best Blue Jays of all time. But I'm going to give you some three deep cuts here. Um, number three, I wanted to give to um, okay. uh, Munonori Kawasaki. Just to know for the vibes, it was fun to have Munonori Kawasaki around here. Um, definitely not in terms of his pure talent and stuff, though. Uh, Ezekiel Carrera would be like a second deep choice left-handed hitter off the bench. A guy I saw have a walk-off bunt. Yes, you heard that right. I was there in person. He had a walk-off bunt. So that was really cool if you're a big fan of bunting. But my number one choice would be Troy Tulowitzki. I kind of missed the... The claps and everyone go too low. I miss those chants quite a bit. And Tulowitzki was one of my favorite players of all time, even before he became a Blue Jay. And let's be real. If he wasn't on the roster here today, he's your shortstop. He's better defensively than Bo Bichette. You move Bo to second base and bam, there it is. So that obviously Donaldson and Bautista are the right choices, but I just want to throw some love to Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, Guy just that, wants uh, to show how many Blue Jays he could, he could name. Says, is he, you know what? Fun names. I love Moon and Ori. Monkey no cramp. And of course, yeah. <laughs> Edwin's Edwin's little buddy, Ezekiel Carrera. Great team, guys. 
<laughs> I definitely right. didn't look it up on baseball reference as we were speaking. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one. Who is your favorite obscure Blue Jay of all time and why? Jesse, do you want to lead us off? I mean, I could name five or six, but <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say what come. I, we almost can. I want to name two. The first guy that comes to mind for me is I was a huge fan of Frank Catalanato. Sure, six hit but, game, Frank Catalanato. Yeah, man. I mean, he was a lefty bat, a righty glove. He could play infield. He, I remember him more as an outfielder. Um, he was a guy, Jesse. If you're looking it up on Baseball Reference, you're a god. If not, that is fine. I couldn't name you one Frank Catalanato stat except for the <laughs> the, the, the the hit game. Uh, but just a guy who was in our organization in terrible times, and as a child, I remember going to those games and thinking. I really like that guy. Cool last name, Frankie C. And um, yeah, he's one of my favorite obscure Jays. I mean, as far as talent level goes, he's really a nobody, but a personal <laughs> favorite of mine. Who was your I second? Have... You had two. Oh, oh yeah. geez. I well, I was going to pass it over, but um, one of my favorite obscure Jays players, one of my favorite players of all time was uh, Colby Rasmus. Yes. This is a guy. Yeah, that's a Riley player right there. That is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy who I, when I was in, um, I don't even know what age group I was in ball. I could have been in high school, but I was modeled my swing after him. And boy, I hit a lot of, I hit a lot of low ball pitches, low fastballs, man, that guy, if you threw him a pitch around the ankles, he just hit it like a nine iron. This is a guy with the, what is it? Best OPS in playoff history, Jesse? Correct. correct. True stat. Which, which Colby is Rasmus, best playoff player of all time. <laughs> which is which is ridiculous. Guy had great hair. This is a this is another lefty lefty. He just looked cool. Um, <laughs> one of the few guys to actually get a hit off their brother at the major league mm -hmm. level. He yep, actually hit a, a he actually hit a, he hit a double off his brother and and basically well he got sent down shortly after that. But Colby <laughs> Rasmus in the major leagues for a while played with the Cardinals and then. Um, Played with the Jays, obviously, and then a cheating team afterwards. But I absolutely <laughs> love one of the one of the cooler guys in the league. That I don't know how people took him. I certainly loved him. A modern day Kelly Gruber, if you will, maybe a little less charming, but I love Colby Rasmus, man. I have three names, and these are going to be some deep cuts. These are going to be some remember some guys. Number one, Casey Jansen is one of those guys. He was a closer for this team for years. I really liked him. Um, number two is Jesse Litch. I'll remember that he was in the team in the what 2005, 2006, maybe. I like it because he threw a cutter, and I remember he had a stretch his rookie year where I think he won nine out of 11 starts with a mid threes ERA. I remember he, um, I think he took a no hitter into the six in his first first major league game or something crazy for Jesse Litch. And plus, his name was Jesse, and I always liked that. I like that the Blue Jays <laughs> had one. But my all time favorite Blue Jay, and this is a guy who's, I mean, my all time favorite Blue Jay is Roy Halladay, but my all time favorite deep cut Blue Jay might be Travis Snyder. I was certain that Travis Snyder was going to be a superstar. I loved that sweet left-handed swing. And I remember there was one game where he was over five with like four strikeouts. I remember he swung and missed at a pitch. He broke his bat over his knee. Uh, the other, the Jays ended up tying it in the ninth and Travis Snyder had a walk-off hit in the 11th. And I thought, this is it. Travis Snyder is going to be a guy. He's going to do it. But nonetheless, the lunchbox hero didn't live on, but uh, Travis Snyder, my deep cut. Well, that's not fair, Jesse. You got to say three. So, I get to say three. Sure. Obviously, we're all about equality here on uh, Buds and Blue Jays. So I'm going to go with another guy, another great guy, 
for us in a, another dark time, another outfielder with Mr. Frank Cavalado. That is Reed Johnson. Yeah. Socks up, Reed. I loved him. He was a, a leadoff hitter. At the games I went to and watched, he was a leadoff hitter, and he wasn't exactly the fastest. We were a very slow team um, back then, I think around 2003 to 2005. Um, he played some good outfield, though. I, I mean, I doubt the guy even got gold glove award at like or even a vote sorry but i think like from what i can remember this guy was a great defender um not a lot of home runs not particularly good average but just one of those guys that i remember as a child um watching going to i went to a lot of games as a kid with my grandfather and i mean just some of the players i remember reed johnson for for sure high socks war number three cool goatee like myself i mean just sure. just cool looking ball player of course right, give us one more because we're running out of time here so I got I got just one obscure uh, one oh, obscure G- I guess Bucce, we'll that I just got to mention super quick. Um, we got some John McDonald. I love Ooh, John McDonald. Johnny Mac, baby. Yeah. yeah, that guy had like the highest work ethic I ever seen. He seemed like a guy that would just like not even mind running into a wall repeatedly if it meant his team would win. And I always like guys like that. So John McDonald is my favorite obscure Blue Jay of all time. Okay, so the final question. You guys mentioned a couple weeks ago in your episode before we signed Kevin Kiermeyer, and I think Riley, I think I'm going to quote you. I'm going to paraphrase you saying, "Okay, yeah, I don't want that guy anywhere near my ball club." It's true. It's true. He is one of the most hated guys. I, I and then as soon as he was signed, it was like, "Oh, great, we got a second defense." Um, so here's my question for both of you, and whoever wants to to lead it off can. Who is one top 100 player? that you wouldn't want on the Blue Jays based on their personality? First, I would like to make um, reflect on the comments I made at a, <laughs> yes. at a previous time. So obviously, you know, we react. This is not a scripted show. Um, a lot of the show, Jesse is a really an analytics guy. He's big brained. Me, I'm small brain, but big heart. So obviously... <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Blue Jays players guy, and of course, as a Blue Jays fan, you kind of keep want to keep rival players out of your clubhouse. Look, at the end of the day, Kevin Kiermaier has been around the game a long time. I don't feel like he's that respected by Blue Jays fans, so I'm not too off colored by saying that. Now that he's on our t- team, we have to, op- um, you know, accept him opening open-armedly and kind of give him a chance with this team. I wouldn't be surprised if he does poor, that he does get booed. If he does poorly, you see, hopefully he won't stoop to New York Yankees um, <laughs> booing their own players kind of status. But, I mean, if he does well, then yeah, we'll definitely celebrate his successes. But I feel like I will be hard on him and critique <laughs> his play quite a bit. So I don't think I'm too off there. I'm Again, I'm not super, super excited. But Isaac, to address your question... Um, my least favorite player in the major leagues, all based off personality, is Manny Machado. And it's yes. not even close. That is what I was going to say it, as well. It, <laughs> it, is, it is not even close. There are highlights among highlights. This is, the, this is a guy who has made disgraceful plays on the ball, Diamond. It's absolutely zero respect for the players in the game. And I like if he comes to the Jays, he's going to do awesome things. He's not going to because he's locked down with the Padres. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, if the guy has talent, 
he has talent. I feel like he doesn't put in the hard work and I feel like he's just an asshole. I just, I just don't, I don't like the guy. He's, he's an, he's an absolute joke on the ball field, man. I could have said, I could have said the same. I could have said the same. I could have said the same thing about the Kansas city Royals team from the mid 2010s. Oh, rest, rest in peace. Jordan Ventura. I mean, but like when he was playing, like he was a pest and he actually fought Machado and, you know, I can be a little more disrespectful to Manny because he's still with us and still playing at the major league level, but he hasn't done anything to improve his behavior. Really. He's still immature. And I mean, I feel bad for Tatis Jr. Look who he's learning from. I mean, he has a lot of growing up to do and you're not going to do any growing up when you're playing beside a guy who's an absolute nemesis uh, viewed upon by 29 other ball clubs. So I'm with you on the Manny Machado slander here. Um, my problem is, though, if he's with the Jays and he's good and he helps them win a World Series, then I can forgive it. Okay. But you're right about him being an asshole here, Riley. Like, I remember he stepped on the legs of some first baseman yeah. before on purpose, and there was a, a bunch of other stuff. Um, Jesus Rio- Aguilar. Jesus yeah, exactly. Aguilar. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, Isaac, the real answer to your question is Trevor Bauer, and I don't think um, he's going to sign with any major league team ever again, especially not the Blue Jays. Once the Blue Jays decided to trade Roberto Osuna, like we knew there was going to be a character thing. So Trevor Bauer is the real answer, um, but Manny Machado is also my my pick here as well. Agreed. Right. I mean, tri- I, I, I'm surprised there was no Garrett Cole talk, but uh, oh, he's just a baby. Interesting. I'd rather him okay. pitch for the Yankees because yeah. we're going to crush him this year. So I, okay. I would, I would much rather have Garrett Cole than Manny Machado. There's no, there's no, com- there's no comparison there. I mean, between the two, I mean, there's a difference between being a poor sport and like whatever Machado is. I mean, yeah, Garrett, <laughs> Garrett, Garrett Cole had his couple of immature moments, but it's definitely not his whole character. All right. All right, that'll do it for our episode here today, guys. Any closing thoughts? Isaac, anything you want to plug while you're here on the show today? No, I'm just chilling. This was fun. I I, I enjoyed hearing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy I got some of that passion out of Riley yeah. at the end there. <laughs> That's a very clippable clip. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, if I lived anywhere else but Canada, I probably wouldn't even cheer for a ball team. I'm a players guy at the end of the day. I love the players that we do bring to Toronto. feel like it's a very healthy environment, and I feel like we have a good niche of guys. Yes, of course, Kiermaier played for a rival team. And I mean, that's hard, but we do have to accept him. I will certainly, you know, it will be weird at first. And if he goes 0 for 4 in his first game with three strikeouts, I'll be pretty peeved off over that i'm not gonna lie to you there will be a good chunk of that this year i'm sure yeah so i mean but if he if he makes you know kevin pilar-esque kind of catches out there and looks like i mean he probably will look like kevin pilar i mean he stole gold gloves from him for god's sakes i mean there's a lot (laughs) of animosity with that Mm -hmm. but we got 162 games to showcase who's gonna I mean, we everyone looks good in blue, but who's going to do good in, in the Blue Jays uniform this year? I feel like feel like there's going to be a lot of up years for some guys who maybe had down years, and maybe we see some guys slide. You know, maybe it be due to age or injury or whatever. All this stuff is bound to happen. Lads, I can't wait. We are 50 days away from spring training, so it's almost here. We are now into 2023. I got a good feeling, guys. This is going to be the Blue Jays year in 2023. Who's with me? Let's do it. Also, just in the comments, everyone, don't forget, think of a bet for Jesse and Riley to do yes. if Nate Pearson plays 29 and a half or more innings or less. So post that in the comments. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Let's go, Blue Jays. And go Canada, go. Yes, sir. <laughs>